Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. God is an interventionist of sorts, and he invites us to be one as well. The chaos of a dark world invited the divine interventionist, and creation occurred. Adam's loneliness invited the interventionist, and Eve was created. Noah's faith met God's grace, and God intervened through the ark. Abraham's faith led him up Moriah's hillside. Then God intervened, and a ram was caught by its horns in the thicket. And of course, in the fullness of time, Christ died for the ungodly. Our Lord intervenes. It pleases Him when men and women will stand in the gap as well. He teaches us to pray to Him that His will be done. And each time we pray, we pray that His will, not ours, not someone else's, will come to pass. Do we realize that our prayers are interventionist in nature? They upset the normal course of things. Hello, my name is Ken Gurley, and it's such a privilege this week to be coming to you to discuss a subject that is near to my heart, and that is the power of prayer. I wrote the book on prayer largely because I found so much of my thoughts centered on the act of prayer and what happens when we go to God in prayer. An intervention of sorts takes place. God's will in our life or in this world is not like a pre-recorded script. It is prayed into reality. Now stop and think about that. Your prayers can invite the will of God to be done on earth and in your life. And when we are prayerlessness, it can hinder the will of God from being done. Another time we get in God's way for bad is through our disobedience. God wants one thing and we do another, like Jonah of old, We just get on the wrong boat. But today I want to talk about one of those rare moments where man gets in God's way for good. Three immediate examples come to my mind when Abraham interceded for the souls of Sodom. God told his friend what he planned to do, and his friend got in God's way through his prayers. Or when Moses interceded for the nation of Israel, The events of Exodus chapters 32 and 33 are some of the most fearsome of the Bible. While God is giving the old covenant, the people have made a golden calf, and God threatens to simply do away with them and start over with Moses. But Moses intervenes. He intercedes before God through his prayers. But it's that third example that I want to focus on, And it's in the New Testament. It's in Mark 6. Jesus saw them toiling in rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed by them. I love that phrase. He would have passed them by. One of the most interesting phrases in the New Testament to me, he would have passed him by. I looked that up in several different renderings. One translation says he intended to pass by them. Another said 
he was wishing to pass by them. One says he wanted to pass by them. He was about to pass. He was going to pass. He meant to pass by them. But what God meant is not what happened. Because man, for good, got in God's way. This day, I pray that you and I don't get in God's way for ill, but we do it for good and we stand in the gap. So let me set the stage for this remarkable intervention when man cried out to the Lord Jesus Christ. It had been a long, hard day. Jesus just heard that John the Baptist, his brave, obedient cousin, was beheaded, his life taken from him. When he heard the news, our Lord got into a boat with his disciples and went to a desert place. News of his arrival quickly spread, and the multitudes came, and for hours he heals the sick, he feeds the hungry, and finally he wishes to be alone, just to pray. He commands his disciples to get in the boat and cross the Sea of Galilee. A storm comes. The boat is buffeted by the waves. The disciples are in trouble, and they are afraid. They are working hard at the oars. And remember, Jesus knew what they would face. He knew he was sending them into a storm. Yet Jesus gave those followers something stronger than the storm. The promise of his attention, the blessed assurance of faith. The Jews divided the 12 hours of darkness into four watches. It was in the fourth watch of the night. That would be from three in the morning to six in the morning. The so-called darkest hours before the dawn. That's when the despairing disciples decide things have gone from bad to worse. The storm, the night, the raging waves, the winds are against them. They're toiling. They've not gotten anywhere. They're struggling. They're doubting God. They're asking, why, Lord? Why did you send us into this storm? Every one of their senses must have been heightened, their nerves to a breaking point. Are we going to die in the middle of this lake, this lake that is provided for some of our families for many years, exhausted and frightened. But things really get strange when they look up and see a ghost walking across the water. That's what they thought it was. What a mess. Why did Jesus see their struggle, know what they were enduring, and walk across the waves to where they were? But then we read, he meant to pass them by. How can you explain that? I think we need to understand that there are two times in the Old Testament where God passed individuals by to show them his power. I believe it was in the same sense in the New Testament. As John Meyer said, God made striking and temporary appearances in the earthly realm to select individuals or groups for the purpose of communicating a message. For example, when God put Moses in the cleft of the rock, and his glory passed him by. Or when God told Elijah to stand on the mountain, for the Lord is about to pass by. And remember, this was the first of Jesus' ministry. He had just chosen the twelve. It would be at the close of his ministry in three years that he revealed his glory with those very same Old Testament characters. Moses and Elijah, Peter, James, and John, 
would see the glory of God on the Mount of Transfiguration. In other words, Jesus was showing these apostles in the middle of a dark and stormy night. He was passing by them, not in the sense that he was ignoring them, not in the sense that he was en route to somewhere else and just happened to walk by on the waves near the boat. He was doing a pass-by where they may behold the glory of God. That verb to pass by is used in the Greek translation of the Old Testament to refer to a theophany, a defining moment when God himself appears to mankind. Mark wanted his readers to understand that God was putting his power and majesty on display. They were to witness the reason that Jesus had told them to get in the boat in the first place. They were about to see the power of Jesus Christ over the elements that he could walk on water. Human extremity is the frequent meeting place for God Almighty. When things go from bad to worse, that is where God is most apt to show up. Until then, the storm had the disciples' attention, but from that point forward, Jesus had their attention. Be careful that you don't get so distracted by the trials of life that you miss seeing Jesus. The Bible says the disciples cried out in fear. It's a ghost, but Jesus immediately said, It is I. Be not afraid. Ego, Amy, I am. Literally, I am that I am. I am that I am. Yahweh, Jehovah, is doing a pass by. You are in the same place as Moses and Elijah to see the glory of God on display. He was passing them by so they could see the power of God. And when he said, I am that I am, the same God who sent Moses walks before you today. Jesus was saying, I'm standing before you. The glory of God is passing you by. It was in the garden when the guards said that they were seeking Jesus. He said this very same words, I am he. And when he uttered them, they were so powerful that the guards were hurled to the ground by the force of those words. Here, when Jesus speaks the words, the disciples didn't fall away in fear. They are comforted and they worship Jesus as he enters the boat. They understand who he is and they realize he crossed the sea to get to us. The creator God, the Lord God of Israel, the I am of the burning bush, the one crossed the divide that we couldn't get over. He reached for us. He is the God of all interventions. I want you to notice the power of their cries, though. We read that Jesus meant to pass them by, but they cried out. And it was their cries that caused the Lord to turn toward them. It's one of those beautiful stories, Fanny Crosby, that great songwriter who was blind of generations past. She would go to the local prison and speak and try to encourage people there. William J. Reynolds discovered that the inspiration for a hymn was the result of her visit to a prison during the spring of 1868. After she had spoken and some of her hymns had been sung by the prisoners, she heard one prisoner cry out in a pleading voice, Good Lord, 
do not pass me by. Following the suggestion, she wrote a hymn that evening that incorporated the line. And it's those beautiful words, Pass me not, O gentle Savior. That was the song of Moody's revivals. It was her first song to be sung worldwide. We intervene when we call on God. When we interrupt the ordinary course of things and we disrupt the devil's narrative and the story that he has written and the conclusion that he has drawn, we interrupt that story and intervene when we cry out on the name of the Lord. And then God does what only God can do. He intervenes in ways that we cannot imagine to step in and show himself strong to those who are brave enough and willing enough to call out on him. Do not pass me by, O Lord. You are working in so many different ways. You are moving across seven seas and seven continents. Revivals are breaking out everywhere. Healings are flowing. Miracles are happening. Lord, you're doing it for others. You're no respecter of persons. I need you to intervene in my situation. I need you to step in the gap, Lord, between the actual and the ideal, between the way things are and the way I want them to be. I'm crying out to the one who intervenes. I thank you, Lord, that you disrupt nature and you answer our prayers. God bless you. Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. The book on prayer is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.